The word multimedia is the use of a variety of artistic or communicative media using more than one medium of expression or communication. Café is a type of establishment that serves coffee and is known as a place where information can be exchanged. The following is the audio version of the Multimedia Café. Welcome to the Multimedia Café. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you folks for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Café, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. We've got a fantastic show in store for you today. Jeff Zarling with Dawa Solutions Group celebrates 20 years in business after servicing a variety of clients and expanding into diverse markets. In fact, he even talks about his newest venture, Roughneck Coffee, how he got into it, why he calls it what it is, all that plus much more on today's episode of the Multimedia Cafe. Let's not forget about the Bakken Oil Product Service Show that Jeff Zarling runs as well up in Williston. I know everybody from the region goes there as well as Canada, so I guess we could call it an international Bakken Oil products service show all right that's what we have on today's menu plus a little bit more as well my name is jason spies this is the multimedia cafe and let's get right into our interview with jeff zarling dawa solutions group jeff zarling dawa solutions group all right our levels look great let's get right into this interview here with mr jeff zarling with dawa solutions group and also the proud proprietor of a coffee brand as well. So let's start the interview off before we get to the main event with a little appetizer and serve some coffee up for the folks. Talk about your coffee company and how that kind of got started. Yeah, it's a bit of a long winding story, but the brief description is um, I own a grain elevator in downtown Williston and have been looking at redevelopment ideas which had led me to look at craft brewing and coffee shops and other things in addition to condos and office space, et cetera. That exploration led me to look at a coffee business with somebody and led me to more of the supply chain. And I got interested in the roasting side of the business. Uh, It's kind of a hobby, actually. Um, And then additionally, that just rolled into branding with our exposure and experience in the oil and gas industry for the last 18 years. Um, And we've developed Roughneck Coffee. Roughneck Coffee, uh, talk to me about where people can get it because that's another unique part of your uh, distribution model as well. I should say your business model is is getting it out to the masses in kind of a, I don't know, I call it a unique way. Well, we've got... uh, you know, traditional retailers, um, you can get a Little Muddy Gifts in Williston, the um, gift shop at the visitor center near the airport in Williston. Um, and then we partner with safety companies because, you know, we're oil and gas guys and gals get their training and their PPE and stuff. Um, so we sell through air gas, on-site safety, 
everything safety based and safety carries our product. And then, of course, direct to consumer online at roughneckcoffee.com. All right. So if there's a safety company out there, they can certainly get in touch with Jeff if they want to distribute that coffee as well. Uh, we're here to talk about Dawa, which has also has a milestone. I shouldn't say also. I mean, Roughneck Coffee is probably about a year old, isn't it? Uh, May of 18 is when we launched that. Okay, a little over a year old then. Uh, but you've got your your main company. The reason we're here today to talk is uh, is just reached a milestone. Is it twenty years that you've been operating now? Twenty years. That's got to be pretty exciting for you. It is. Um, you know, we kind of recognized that about a year ago that we were coming up on our twentieth anniversary. So we uh, decided to um, hold an event to celebrate the milestone with our our customers and. Our, our clients and and our colleagues that we've worked with over the years on numerous projects. Um, planning in earnest started earlier this year, probably January, February, started going through our client list, past projects. Um, you know, we do a lot of photography for our events and, and for the, the creative material that we do. So we had a ton of just reflection. Um, so it's been interesting to look at the evolution of our business as well as the evolution of our clients. Um, we have a lot of very long-term clients that uh, as they grow, we grow. Um, and, and we take great pride in being a part of their business and helping them succeed. We're like a part of their team for, for many of our clients because we build systems that they use to run their business. We have basically two core uh, competencies. We have programmers and we have creatives. And in addition to that, project management um, is a core skill of ours. So um, we build websites, web-based applications, and do the creative, everything from logo design, uh, print material, trade show graphics, et cetera. And so um, some of our clients we've been working with for over a decade uh, we built the load pass permit system um, to, ma to manage that previously paper process. I think it was back in 2009 or 8 or something like that. Um, so it's been a long time, a lot of reflections, been nostalgic. It's kind of like looking through all the pictures when your kids are graduating and you're putting together their party and a lot of reflection. Jeff Zarlin's our guest with Dawa. I, I met you, I believe, in Minot. I can't remember if it was the uh, Golden Valley Country Club down in Minnesota, outside of Minneapolis, or if it was Minot uh, at a, an event that you you put on that you were the promoter organizer yeah, it for. Minot. It was a Minot one. Okay, I, I couldn't remember if you were down at that uh, Minneapolis one or not. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But that was probably 2013, 2014, just if I'm going off the top of my head here. Um, talk probably to me a little. Oh, go ahead. 12. Yep. That was 2012. Excuse me. Okay. Well, there we go. I'm, I'm dating myself here with my memory. Uh, you know, a lot's changed since then. You know, we've had, we've had the ramp up to $100 oil. We've had the downturn. We've had 
the the uh, ramp up to you know sixty dollar oil, seventy dollar oil, we'll call it whatever you want to say. Now we're having kind of that age of uncertainty right now. I don't know if you're hearing it, but I'm certainly hearing it out there from the Utica down to the Permian to the DJ to the Bakken. That you know, variety of reasons companies overspent, and you know, you got the whole Colorado blueprint with their. Uh, regulations that is a ban on oil and gas and a number of different things. So there's a, a whiff of uncertainty out there. But from then to now, just tell me about your experience a little bit from living in Williston, from, you know, relocating there and, and kind of going to, you know, church and seeing the the, the roughnecks, kids and families and, and being a part of it, because this is the listeners out there are going to take advantage of this because this is a real good opportunity to listen to the past, you know, 10 years of a booming oil patch out there. So um, how, how's it been the last 10 years for you? Well, really, it's been the last 18, you know, huh. I started business um, in Minneapolis in 99 and we moved. I was doing contract programming for small businesses and focused on the building industry, moved my company here to be near family in May of 02. Um, it wasn't long after that, Jason, that, that uh, we started hearing the rumblings. I mean, it started with the Elm Cooley Field in 2003. My brother-in-law worked, uh, at, you know, downhole pumps, and I remember him talking about the activity in the Elm Cooley. And that was really... Um, you know, it was a group, I think some Halliburton uh, veterans that put together the concept of applying the horizontal drilling and the hydraulic fracturing to the, to the middle member. I mean, um, you know, trying to tap that Bakken shale formation has been going on since they drilled the HO Bakken 1 in 52 or 53. There's conflicting records on that. But Mr. Jeff Zarling, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a moment or two. We're going to take a brief pause. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Jeff Zarling with Dawa Solutions Group. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Multimedia Cafe. Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects, groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. Make energy great again. Yes, that is the hat for the energy industry, folks. Wear it proudly. Show your support for the nation's energy industry with this attention-grabbing fashion declaration. Make energy great again. Pick up the only hat for the energy industry. Make energy great again. Visit keepenergygreat.com. That's keepenergygreat.com. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool, joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we continue the conversation with Jeff Zarling with Daba Solutions Group. And that was really, um, you know, it was a group, I think some Halliburton uh, veterans that put together the concept of applying the horizontal drilling and the hydraulic fracturing to the, to the middle member 
have that Bakken shale formation has been going on since they drilled the H.O. Bakken one in 52 or 53. There's conflicting records on that. But down in the Billings Nose, the Ness and Anacline, um, you know, they've been trying to tap into that vertically, into the upper member. And But it was at Elm Cooley that we started to see activity. But then um, it was in, what, June of... 2006 that EOG hit the partial discovery well and in 2006 it just started to get uh, really crazy around here um, you know people talk about 11 and 12 but in December of 2007 uh, I served on the Wilson Development Foundation board Tom Ralstead's um, group economic development and that December uh, we typically had our annual meeting and awards for economic development. And he converted that thing into building the Williston Basin Summit because of what we were facing from six and seven. Um, and in fact, I think if you search, do a Google search on that Williston, building the Williston Basin Summit, you'll find the agenda and pictures out there. Um, state leadership, um, Senate and House majority leaders, uh, the cabinet members, DOT, housing finance, uh, said, uh, Governor Hovind was here. Um, I believe that was December of 08. We, we were ringing the bell back then saying, this is coming. Hess, there were a number of operators that were telling us what was coming. And we just couldn't get anybody to buy into the idea that this was going to be long term and as significant as it was. And you know, the next few years, every year, it was just uh, exponential increase in activity, um, challenges, infrastructure problems. Um, we were ringing the bell on housing, workforce. Uh, I mean, we were yelling as loud as we could to get help and doing it as much as we could. Um, and it was just every year, we couldn't believe the numbers. We couldn't believe the charts. We, when is it going to stop? You can't have this kind of exponential growth endlessly. And it just set, it kept going year after year. And it was finally in actually the end of 2010 when uh, we just couldn't see traction with the housing that I got. And, and, and uh, all the businesses coming. I mean, we're t literally talking about hundreds of businesses and thousands of people descending upon Western North Dakota. When you think about the, the, the average wealth price, they were putting $20 billion worth of economic activity into a state that had state GDP of, I think, $52 billion at the time or, or something like that. The GDP numbers are, are exponential growth as well. Are, you know. So with everybody descending and our name was on a lot of things. By that time, we had been here eight years. We had done the websites for the city, the county, the hospitals, the banks. I mean, we were kind of a weird resource in a town of 12,000 people to have our, our skill set. Um, you just didn't see it in a rural community like that. So, so we ended up doing a lot of things. Our name was on everything. We became a connecting point. I mean, people referred to us as the other economic development office. And people were coming to us, say, how do we connect? How do we do business? And it just the format wasn't there. So that's when we created the Bakken Oil Products and Service Show in October of 2011. But in pitching that show, um, somebody connected me with Vance um, at the Sleep In and Minot, and they had 
just moved the Wilston Basin Petroleum um, Conference from Minot to Bismarck because of the size and growth of that. They needed more space and hotel rooms. So they wanted to do something there. And we saw an opportunity and a need to connect people to invest in the opportunities in Western North Dakota to help us solve problems. So we actually created the Bakken Investor Conference in, uh, we ran it in uh, June of 2011. Um, we had just over 100 people attend that event. But as we go back and reflect, we ran that event for three years, 11, 12, and 13. That's the one you were at, um, I think you were at 12 and 13. And I look back at those photos and I can see the people in that room who are the people that did projects in land development, housing construction, and other projects in Western North Dakota that helped us build the housing and the, the commercial real estate and the industrial stuff that we needed. Um, it, was, it, was, it was fascinating to, to look through those photos and see the faces of, of people who we now know today are the ones that came in, did projects, are still here. I mean, Mike Dolbeck from Bismarck, Winsong Holmes, he, I saw him in, in photos along with, you know, just others, um, Sessions and, and, and some of those that have made deep investments and commitments to helping us build what we needed. The other one was, you know, after we had done the investor conference and then the oil show, we turned right around and started planning for the 2012 investor conference. And at the same time, just the frustration with the lack of housing, we, we put together the housing summit, the Bakken housing summit in May of 2012 in Williston at the airport Inn. we had over 350 people. We had to close registration. The fire marshal was getting mad at me because of the amount of people we had in that facility. And I mean, we had investors from across the country, around the world. We had people attending from Spain, Australia, um, Singapore, um, a lot of stuff from Florida, California, Texas, uh, New York. Um, and, and we had state leadership. We had local builders. We had um, just a ton of resources. We had Barry Ruttenberg, who was the president of the National Association of Home Builders at the time, um, spoke. Um, we had housing finance, uh, Mike Anderson at the time, um, just, we had a state panel, how to do business in North Dakota. We had, um, you know, just, just all of that. And, and it was about connecting people. I mean, I, I couldn't build houses to solve that problem, but we knew we could create an environment to bring people together that were capable of doing it, show them what the need was. And, and we saw people connecting and getting deals done and making things happen. So that was 11, 12, and 13 were kind of the, I'd, I'd say that was the crucible moments where we were just, that was when the pressure was probably the greatest, the infrastructure needs were the greatest. And it was after that that we started seeing DOT investing in, in roads. Uh, we got the laws project off the ground. 2010 was when the planning started for the XWA airport. Um, and, and we saw jet service in, I think, June of 12, after they did that resurfacing. The resurfacing of that airport to get the jet service took place the week of our oil show in October of 2011. It was kind of a bit of an inconvenience, but it also shed light on designing the airport in such a way that potentially you could use a taxiway uh, 
cause, I mean, the downturn was such a severity that, I mean, we had 40 to 60% decline in our business for three years in a row. Um, so it was uncomfortable, um, but uh, we survived that. And then we've seen, you know, the, the return of activity. Um, well, it's been interesting to, to hear people talk about the different phases and the names that we gave them, you know, lower for longer and the new normal. And it's been interesting to reflect on some of those things as well. Mr. Jeff Zarling, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a moment or two. We're going to take a brief pause. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Jeff Zarling with Dawa Solutions Group. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Multimedia Cafe. energy great again yes that is the hat for the energy industry folks wear it proudly show your support for the nation's energy industry with this attention grabbing fashion declaration make energy great again pick up the only hat for the energy industry make energy great again visit keepenergygreat.com that's keepenergygreat.com historic the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects, groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. So here's to all of the good thinkers and here's to the lonely drinker but don't you know welcome back to the multimedia cafe my name is jason Spees. thank you folks for pulling up a stool joining the conversation right here at the multimedia cafe a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about coming up next we continue the conversation with jeff zarling with daba solutions group october 2nd and 3rd so that's coming up not too far away go ahead and talk about that a little bit do you uh, do you have some sponsors are you looking for sponsors what kind of agenda do you have i know you don't usually have like big speakers or anything i know one year you brought in myron maxson or myron mixon from uh, the old barbecue uh championship show and that was kind of a big deal but uh Normally, it's more about the products and the services from my past uh, um, uh, ventures to your show. Yeah, that was our original concept, actually. I modeled it after a builder's products and service show that we participated in in the Twin Cities in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s. And it was primarily, I mean, the need was so great to connect companies. People just didn't know all of the uh, vendors that were in the marketplace the first year we ran it, um, we had, I think, about 170 booths with a waiting list of over 200 companies. Um, and now we're down to about, uh, we, we're around that 100, 120 range as far as the last three years after the downturn. So that's kind of the where our new normal is at. Of what, that's, what that's, not a bad, that's, that's not a bad number, though. No, no, it's... And, and we get people that are coming back um, 
perennial exhibitors who are here every year making connections and and growing their business and connecting with customers. Um, but it, it was originally designed as just, just product and services, um, you know, for people to connect and see what's, what's out there and, and make those connections. Um, over the years, we've added different features. Just um, we did a barbecue competition one year to support um, the Salvation Army to help them kick off their season. Um, and this year, we've what we've learned from the marketplace as things have settled down, people have a little more time now, and so what they've asked for is actually um, some additional content around it from the vendors and, and you know things in the marketplace. Actually, uh, this year we have the industry forums, um, and we we modeled it around our key audiences. We attract the day-to-day people who live, work, and play in the Williston Basin. You know, a number of other conferences, people go to a place for a particular, you know, whether it's NAEP or whether it's some of these water-focused ones in Houston or, or some things in Denver. Um, we attract the day-to-day people who are in the marketplace here, all the way from the roustabout and, and truck to, um, you know, frack completions, downhole tools, things from an engineering perspective, safety, training. Um, so so it, it's a wide swath of vendors and attendees, but it's in three key areas that we see uh, trucking and fleet, um, uh, engineering, and then well site and facilities are kind of three topical areas that we are focused on, and we've added industry forums, two or three two-hour um, forums. Um, from 9.30 to 11.30 on Wednesday and from 2 to to 4 on Wednesday and then from 9.30 to 11.30 on Thursday. And uh, we're excited about this. The the fleet and trucking focus this year is the load pass permit system. Uh, Yesterday, the load pass permit system implemented a new uh, GIS-based routing platform that they've been working on with the state DES and all the counties and incorporating the most comprehensive and accurate routable road network in Western North Dakota into the permitting process. So uh, we've been working on it for two years um, and that went into production yesterday. Um, So at the show, we're going to have a, actually the the trucking forum, two hours is going to be focused on load pass. The first hour is going to be on training and using the system, uh, power user topics, the number of those things. And then the, the second um, session for load pass is gonna be the load pass system administrators are gonna be there. The policy advisor that um, works on all the policy stuff and, and uh, the weather stations and the developers are gonna be there. So we're gonna talk about enhancements to the system, things that people like, don't like, uh, upcoming potential enhancements and get input from the uh, trucking and dispatch the users. So we're looking at putting in a mobile app. We're looking at exposing the weather station information, which is being used by the counties to better. It, it's an effort by the organ, the entity to um, better isolate road closures associated with weather events. That's why these weather stations have been um, installed. And so it's something 
supported by the legislature to increase uptime and, and reduce the amount of impacts by weather events on road closures for moving equipment. So we're really excited about that one. Uh, the afternoon, two-hour session, the UND Petroleum Engineering Department is coming to Williston to present six of their doctorate-level research program or research projects um, to the engineering folk um, in the industry here. So six um, specific Bakken-related reservoir downhole. Um, I mean, the, the topics are posted on the website at BakkenOilShow.com and Dr. Rasuli will be here, um, and we're actually promoting the UND Petroleum Engineering Program uh, in a sister event that we're launching this year is the career fair targeted towards high school, college students, and their parents to understand the opportunities in the industry. Jeff Zarlin, Dawa with us, also Roughneck Coffee and the Bakken Oil Product and Service Show. Uh, October, excuse me, I had a little coffee in my throat there. October 2nd and 3rd, Williston, North Dakota, Raymond Family Community Center. Sounds like it's, it should be a pretty decent time, and there's going to be a couple days worth of activities, at least a day and a half of uh, activities. Um, you've, you've adapted pretty well, it sounds like, and listening to the customers, trying to figure out how to bring in some knowledge that, you know, is, is not necessarily out there there readily in all the other shows because a lot of the trade shows are very similar uh you've got one that's uh, very unique in its own right uh talk to me a little bit about how it is putting together a show putting together uh marketing campaigns putting together connections when you're living in the heart of it yet Sometimes, you know, you got to connect uh, outside of the industry. Do you know what I mean by that? To where sometimes it's hard to see the forest from the trees type of a thing to where when you're in the thick of it, um, you might you, you might get so caught up in it that, um, you know, it's hard to see the other side. Do you ever experience that a little bit to where trying to engage with the uh, people outside of the industry might not be the same as what it used to be type of a thing? mention that i mean i think about a couple of things yeah i mean we're we're in here day to day our customers i mean we build systems that, that uh for oil field service companies that run their business so um you know field ticketing dispatch um open invoice integration accounting system integration so uh, we're in intimately understand um the oil and gas industry the business and and what they're dealing with the tools that you're they're using um, the equipment they use. And so we see and hear a lot. Um, so we've kind of got our ear to the ground when it comes to that. And Mr. Jeff Zarling, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a moment or two. We're going to take a brief pause. and we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Jeff Zarling with Dawa Solutions Group. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Multimedia Cafe. Here's to the picture that holds us laughing And here's to the sound of one hand clapping And here's to not letting this moment pass And here's to carrying the weight of the world 
And here's to screaming, yeah, never being heard. And here's to not letting this moment pass. Make energy great again. Yes, that is the hat for the energy industry, folks. Wear it proudly. Show your support for the nation's energy industry with this attention-grabbing fashion declaration. Make energy great again. Pick up the only hat for the energy industry. Make energy great again. Visit keepenergygreat.com. That's keepenergygreat.com. Historic. The first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative. The cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking. With construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool, joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we continue the conversation with Jeff Zarling with Daba Solutions Group. Yeah, I mean, we see it. We work with from the dispatcher and and office admin to working with management and leadership. Um, We get engaged in things, you know, some of the uh, local operating company leadership and some of the challenges they're facing i mean with workforce recruiting i mean that's where why we added the career fair because this whole workforce you know we, we said well maybe maybe we, we talked about it for a year and we've been engaged with the workforce development stuff that's going on in watford city as well as a group here in williston coordinating some things and and uh, we saw this as an opportunity having the engine engineering group here uh, we saw it as an opportunity to, to create a venue where we can connect industry um, educators and and high school and college students. And, and, you know, it's always been, I think, the role that we've played is is connecting people and disseminating information. That is really the role we've played in, in this event production stuff that we've done. You know, it's always kind of been this little thing outside on, on the side of our core systems development marketing services. And. You know, some people, you could argue that it's a lack of focus, but it's like a buddy of mine said, we we use our business to affect change in our community, and it's a, just a part of our DNA um, is problem solving. So we continue to do it. Um, but yeah, as far as like visibility, and you, you got to pay attention to what's going on, and you have to lift your head up from the desk sometimes and, and uh, get outside of your normal circles to see some other things that can um, be applied and incorporated in what we're doing. Uh, there's a lot of stuff, I mean, at the state level uh, with what commerce is doing. Um, there was the release yesterday or today, that, that press release from the university system on the implementation of that. I think it was House Bill 1116 or something on the, the um, tuition reimbursement or grants. Um, so it's now, now how do we get the industry uh, and business to utilize that program? You know, we start by sharing that information and figuring out how you get the subject matter experts to to assist the companies in implementation. 
and it's exciting to see, you know, what Hess is doing with their JET program. Oasis is doing some things with internships, and and it's um, a lot of exciting things going on. You know, sometimes people get frustrated. Says, "Why isn't anything happening?" There's there's a lot of stuff happening out there. You just have to kind of lift your head up and look around sometimes and see it. Jeff Zarling, Davos Solutions Group, with us. Uh, mind if I ask you a couple questions before we conclude the interview, since you're um, a wealth of knowledge when it comes to oil and gas? You you, you know you absorb it, you live it day to day. Shoot. All right, good deal. So one of the stories that we've been tracking for about the past three years on this program is what I just call the essence of capitalism. You know, I, I look at the energy industry, and in my my opinion, and I feel like I've been able to back it up pretty well with, with uh, evidence, both anecdotal and uh, scientific, that the energy industry is really one of the last, if not the last, bastion for capitalism. The type of industry where the, you know, you, you, you've got the opportunity to, you know, be a, be a roughneck working one day and you figure out a new vibrating tube and the next day you invent it and then Marathon signs it and Conoco signs it and all of a sudden you're a president of a company. And I, we've got an example that we've interviewed in the past couple months and that's Patlock's Safety Solutions out of Watford City, 201 Main Street, Watford City. Pat Young, he was a roughneck, and now he's a president of a safety company, you know, type of a thing, because he's got a product he figured out that works. Uh, you've, you know, you're, you, you've experienced capitalism with your roughneck coffee and everything else, but on the other side, you've really helped a lot of these people from the corporations all the way down to the single one-man shop. So um, what is your perception and your answer or um, observations when it comes to the essence of capitalism in the oil and gas industry? Yeah, I, I, I think it's a case study in, in, in the uh, argument for, for capitalism. I mean, you talk about Pat Young, um, you know, and they've exhibited at our show a number of times and, and brought that, see, watch him bring that product to market, you know. Work, working on well site locations and seeing the danger inherent in, in those pumping units not being properly locked out and, and coming up with a solution and being successful with that. And we talk about diversification, um, you know, serving on economic development. You talk about there's diversification, um, you know, not being dependent on egg, egg and oil and things. But we have to leverage, and we are leveraging the economic activity involved with uh, oil and gas and people are then building these type of businesses. Now it's a manufacturing business, right? I mean, look at Stephis, what they've done, how they've grown since they got involved, uh, you know, starting with their, their hard metal ex expertise with just uh, four-arm barrel tanks, catwalks, and, and containment, and then applying their engineering uh, expertise to, you know, flip, you know, more efficient flare stacks that reduce emissions to, now that they're heavily involved in um, package solutions, um, turnkey package solutions that are reducing on-site construction, that are reducing costs and, and driving down costs for operators. I mean, that's a huge uh, impact that they're having there and the whole electronics and, and the number of jobs that they've created, not just in Dickinson, but in Grand Forks. And, and I think about uh, Flowcore, um, you know, Flowcore, which 
uh, I'm in, involved with, um, but Chuck Black uh, developed a freshwater monitoring and chemical injection system based on feedback from people in the chemical business, side of the business that were frustrated with these old dumb pumps, you know, 60-year-old technology, and uh, coming up with this smart solution to uh, control chemical costs, better treat wells, reduce downtime, and now you have a manufacturing company based here in Williston that's producing a product, uh, just like manufacturing with Cephas and, and Patlock. And software side, you've got uh, um, Pump Tracker, Pump Track down in Bismarck, um, you know, a family member that was involved with uh, downhole pumps, and, and just tracking that information resulted in this uh, software platform that they've developed. And, and so, yeah, we see a lot of that. Um, and that's how you create jobs, and that's how you create opportunity for people. And creating jobs and opportunity is a lot better than giving, you know, try, trying to support something through, you know, just donations. When you give somebody, you know, you, that economic opportunity, it just it multiplies and it grows. And uh, I, I think we've seen a lot of that in Western. I mean, I mean, just look at the capital investment. Look at this. The, the numbers are staggering. I mean, find a chart and look at the state GDP um, and, and the makeup of it. And that was Jeff Zarling with the Dawa Solutions Group. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. The Multimedia Cafe is part of the Crude Life Media Network. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, YouTubes. All the social media links are available at thecrudelife.com and click on the social media links. We'd like to thank... Jeff Zarling for joining today's program. That's going to do it for today's program. We'll be back tomorrow at this time on this radio station. I'd like to thank you folks for tuning in and listening on this radio station, or perhaps you're listening via the interweb on one of our many podcast platforms like iTunes or iHeartRadio. We thank you very much for choosing The Crude Life and the Multimedia Cafe as part of your daily content. From the staff here at the Multimedia Cafe, my name is Jason Spies, asking you to savor life and enjoy the spice. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects, groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. 
Make energy great again. Yes, that is the hat for the energy industry, folks. Wear it proudly. Show your support for the nation's energy industry with this attention-grabbing fashion declaration. Make energy great again. Pick up the only hat for the energy industry. Make energy great again. Visit keepenergygreat.com. That's keepenergygreat.com. 